Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. I'm Gary Wiffle, and as usual, I am joined by Mr. Baseball. Jerry Bob Buchert's here? <laughs> yeah, he is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Okay, you're Mr. Baseball (laughs) 2.0. But today, uh, Mr. Baseball and I are going to be talking about the NFL and specifically the Pro Football Hall of Fame inductions that were held uh, last weekend in Canton, Ohio. And I had the, uh, I was going to say the privilege, but I'm not sure if that's the right word. But I was in attendance uh, for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Very cool. It was really a neat spectacle. And uh, if you're a football fan, specifically uh, an NFL fan, I would highly recommend you uh, taking in the Hall of Fame, number one. And number two, if you can stay there for the induction ceremonies and find a good seat, uh, it would be well worth your time. What did they charge you to get into the induction ceremony? The prices range all over the place. I mean, you can get some, I think, for like $20, $30. But That's okay. No, it's the equivalent of uh, sitting in the bleachers you know, at Miller Park or something okay. like that. And uh, the seating isn't very good, but... You still um, got a good sense of what was going on and could hear the speeches okay. And yeah, and they, they had like the three jumbotrons. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, if you were sitting on the sides or way up on top, it wasn't ideal. But the fans were just pumped up, whether yeah. it was the Ravens fans or the Eagles fans. The Eagles fans poured out in droves. I mean, it was oh. crazy. And then uh, it was kind of funny. They showed a picture of... Uh, Jerry Jones and the Jumbotron, and all the Eagles fans started booing. Then the next thing, everybody's booing. (laughs) It's like there wasn't one person in the crowd that wasn't booing Jerry Jones, you know? So it it was uh, pretty funny, and then there was a large contingent of Bears fans for uh, for Brian Erlacher, and the Packers, of course, had a nice turnout with uh, Jerry Kramer, but I think they had like 22,000, 23,000, which is Pretty close to capacity, I understand. And you know, the funny thing was the speeches started at probably seven fifteen or so. And the last one was Ray Lewis and he came on about quarter to ten. And people I were with saying, Oh, he'll speak for about fifteen minutes, they'll mm-hmm. cut it off at ten o'clock. ESPN can go right to Sports Center, blah blah blah, right? It's ten o'clock. It's 10:10, it's 10:20, it's 10:30, yeah. <laughs> and there's Ray still talking, yeah, and half the crowd was leaving. Yeah. I mean, they they had enough. They showed the some of the the picture of the crowd, and it looked like there were pockets of people that had left, a lot of open seats. You know, a, a lot of people at, left after the Brian Dawkins speech. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like I said, there were a ton, a of, Eagle ton of Eagles. It wasn't yeah. that far of a drive. And it actually looked like a lot of the guys that were on the stage like the um, Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. that, that, that there were a lot of seats that, that were empty up there, too. That it's, could be, yeah. some of those guys leave? Or? That I, I'm not sure about. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, it was just a uh, fabulous night. And, again, if you're looking for something to put on your bucket list, uh, yeah. and especially, like I said, if you're an NFL fan, right. it, it was a great moment. I went with my brother, who was a uh, huge Jerry Kramer fan. He played 
guard in high school. He wore number 64, and yeah. he was pumped up, and he was acting like a five-year-old. <laughs> That's <laughs> very the, cool. Through the, through the whole ceremony, like most people did. But So uh, you, I'm sure you got uh, certain things you want to talk about, but what, what was uh, the two or three highlights for you? From the whole weekend? or no, what, Yeah, either that or, yeah, let, let's talk about the whole weekend. You know what? Uh, they, they have a parade on Saturday morning that starts at 8 o'clock, and it went about two and a half hours, I think. Okay. And it's a lengthy parade, as you could tell, if it goes yeah. that long. And it was pretty cool. I mean, not only did they have all the inductees, with the exception of Jerry Kramer, who, who didn't uh, participate in the parade. Apparently, oh, really? he wasn't feeling well. Okay. But the Packers were well represented. I mean, Jim Taylor was there, and I'm telling you, I would put Jim Taylor in the starting lineup for the Packers right now. <laughs> I mean, he so is. So he's kept in good shape. He then. is slim and trim and strong, and you wouldn't want to deal with him. Now, on the flip side, Paul Horning yeah. did not look well. Yeah. He uh, sat in the passenger seat, and he didn't really show a lot of movement, and yeah. he didn't look good. Right. Uh, whether that was a fair assessment or not. But, uh, that, I've that, seen him at a couple of. I think I saw him one, one time at Summerfest and another time at. The state fair where he was signing autographs and yeah he looked pretty weathered i guess would be the, mm -hmm. the kindest word i could come, yeah. come up with and dave robinson was another packer that was uh, in the parade ron wolf was in the parade and dave robinson is really a cool guy mm -hmm. i mean you could tell he was genuinely excited to be there you know That's he, cool. he was interacting with the crowd and farm uh, wasn't there was he no i, I didn't think so no but one of the cooler things was randy moss was on top of a convertible, and a fan yelled out, hey, Randy, and Randy looked at him, waved, and then he threw Randy Moss a football, and the guy must have been a quarterback in high school because he hit him right on the numbers. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and Moss catches it, reaches down, and gets a Sharpie and autographs the football and throws it right back to him. That's cool. And yeah, that was really cool. And Erlacher was good. He was waving to everybody, and yeah. he was talking. People were coming up. That was the thing that I was kind of taken aback by. During the uh, procession, there were some kids and even adults that would run up to the cars really? trying to get autographs, and the vast majority of these guys you know, signed That's their right. autographs. So, well, I would think as soon as one person did that, you'd have the whole allotment of yeah. people that would run up to these cars. Yeah, I, I mean, security was, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't real tight or anything like that. Yeah. But it was a real festive uh, environment, and the temperatures were probably like mid-80s, so it was oh, okay. it was really nice. And yeah. They brought in the Baltimore Ravens marching band. <laughs> right. And the wow. other thing, there, there's a couple major schools, you know, in the uh, Canton area, including McKinley, and these bands, these high school bands, are just enormous. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to a mother whose son was going to be an incoming senior, I think it was at McKinley, and we were talking about how football is so crazy in Ohio, Yeah. like Texas and Florida, a couple other states. Right. But they have midnight madness for football. Really? You know how we see it on the college scene yeah. for basketball? They have midnight madness at twelve o'clock. They start hitting pads, yeah, <laughs> hitting with pads, and uh, wow. so that that was pretty cool. Huh. The the Hall of Fame Museum. We'll talk about that more later. But yeah, you're talking about highlights. Uh, my brother and I were walking through the Hall of Fame, and we saw these four people, and he started talking to them. And as it turned out, it was Amy Nitschke, the daughter of Ray Nitschke. Wow. And we ended up having a, a wonderful conversation with her. That's and cool. She said she wanted to represent the Nitschke family. 
Nice. And uh, she had gotten to know Jerry Kramer's uh, daughter, yeah. who was very uh, active in Jerry being elected. Oh, you know, is it Alicia? Alicia, correct. Yeah. So uh, the, the speeches were really good. I mean, <laughs> that's the one thing I like about Hall of Fames. Yeah. Are the speeches. I'm a sucker for that. I can sit and watch. Well, in fact, the previous week was when the Baseball Hall of Fame was Yes. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, I'll sit there and watch the speeches, and I'm not ashamed to say that I'd sit there and get a little choked up and teary. I'd listen to these guys talk about, you know, their family and coaches and mm-hmm. teammates and all that. So I, I was surprised, though, the Bobby Beathard did not speak. Yes. What, what was the story there? I don't know. He was there, okay. though. Because there was a video Correct. where he spoke, but he, he didn't speak in front of the audience. Then. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, he probably realized that uh, Ray Lewis was going to be speaking. Oh. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> didn't want to get into Ray Lewis's time. Maybe they were time. up their time yeah. to Ray. I mean, <laughs> that, that was ridiculous. I mean, people were just, like, falling asleep towards the end. And, yeah. So, uh, okay, let me ask you. You saw the speeches. I saw the speeches. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite one? My favorite one, without a doubt, was Brian Dawkins' speech. Okay. Part of it was because the Eagles fans were like, you know, going crazy yeah. every time he said anything. But he spoke from the heart. I mean, he bared his soul yeah. like few people I've ever seen. Well, you and I talked a little bit, and what surprised me was how candid he was about some of his mental health issues and the one comment he made about trying to figure out how to commit suicide so that his, his wife, wife right? would be able to collect the money. Yeah, I mean, can you remember anybody in a Hall of Fame induction ceremony making a comment anywhere near something like no, that? No, no. I mean, he he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. He did. I mean, everybody and no was notes. like, huh? And no, no notes no. that I could tell. Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah. and it was all uh, spontaneous. And uh, again, it, it was hard heartfelt. I mean, he got very emotional. And yeah, I, I thought, man, that, that took a lot of courage on his part to. Right. Uh, talk about it. And I thought Randy Moss's speech was good. And I, I like the idea where uh, Moss said, hey, uh, if you guys have nothing better to do tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be at this uh, <laughs> school or gymnasium, yeah. wherever it was. Come Show on over. and <laughs> See my jacket. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But no, overall, I, I thought it was great. You know, Jerry Kramer going in, I thought would have an exceptional speech. And, and he made a comment uh, a couple weeks ago that he wanted to have the greatest speech ever, you know. Yeah. And so you knew he was going to be good. He's one of the great storytellers I've come across. Yeah. But he started out slowly, and he was giving, like, background information about, you know, his childhood. Yeah. I wonder if that was just nerves. Though. I think it was. I really yeah. do. And uh, so I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a real disappointment, to be honest with you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he made a joke, and the place went nuts. Right. And it seemed like that was the affirmation that he needed right. because he took off from there and like yeah. I said about Dawkins holding him in the palm of his hand he had that place in stitches yeah. I mean with, with some of his stories yeah. and what I thought was really interesting I, I heard a lot of these stories because I've heard a lot of Kramer interviews over the years but the one story that I'd never heard was how he had all these health issues I think it was a back problem if I'm not mistaken and he couldn't do all the drills and Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. And he said that Don Chandler, Don Chandler. Told, came over and told him, hey, yeah. if you got to run only one lap, I'll run the other yeah. five or whatever it was. Yeah. And he did this on several occasions. Yeah. And I go, what a great teammate. I have never in my lifetime heard a professional athlete say they would have somebody else's back Yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think if you look in the broader context of these speeches, 
when guys like Kramer and with Brian Dawkins are transparent like these two guys were, mm-hmm. you know, telling stories which really don't make them look like they're, you know, great, you know, athletes. And the fact that they, they do have flaws and they do have warts, people that stand up there and are transparent, that's what the people in the audience, I think, are the most appreciative of. You know, somebody who says, oh, yeah, I'm a great person. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ray Lewis, you know, that, that's maybe why a lot of people got turned off by his speech, mm-hmm. was just the way he was talking, all this bravado and all that. But Dawkins, I think, made a lot of fans just because he was so transparent up there. And I think the same thing with Kramer when he talked about it coming back from his injuries. It would have been really interesting. Now, again, this thing went almost three hours, 7.30 to 10.30. I'm thinking, like, thank God Terrell Owens didn't show up. <laughs> we, we would have been there till midnight, you yeah. know? That's an interesting uh, story. We could talk, you know, at length about that, too. But my feeling is, you know, if I'm in the NFL, I could care less about Terrell Owens. This event is bigger than any individual. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to show up, so be it. I had a friend of mine that said that he was surprised that Terrell Owens didn't show up. And he says, I would be willing to bet that 20, 30 years from now that he was that he's going to regret oh, no question. the fact that he no didn't question. participate. And somebody made the comment, too, about, well, we're hoping that Terrell Owens will be here next year. Well, do you really he, think he's that not he's going to show up and just sit, you know, on the yeah. stage and, yeah. and appreciate somebody else talking? I don't think that's going to happen. But You know, to me, this is obviously my perspective. I always thought Terrell Owens was a selfish player. I mean, no no question about his abilities. I mean, they're, they're off the charts. I no mean, he, he was one of the great wide receivers we, we have ever seen. Yep. But I've always thought he was a, a selfish guy, and it was all about him on the field. He wanted to be the, the focus of everything that went on. Yep. and. I, th- I thought, like, okay, how selfish, you know? He didn't get in the first time or second time. I understand that. I would have been deeply disappointed. Anybody yeah. would. But then you see a guy like Jerry Kramer. Exactly. And he waited and waited and waited, and he got up there and sh- exhibited so much class. Absolutely. I mean, he was very thankful. And yeah. if anybody should have been upset, it should have been Jerry Kramer. Yeah. I mean, the guy was absolutely shafted. I mean, yeah. you know, we were talking about before about when, it, when we were walking through the uh, Hall of Fame on Sunday afternoon, I cannot tell you there was at least four, maybe five people that worked at the Hall of Fame, and they would ask, okay, where are you from? And I'm sure they do this with everybody. Sure. I mean, just, I mean, tell, talk about great individuals. Yeah. A lot of these people are uh, volunteers, but they're very friendly, very yeah. cordial, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And... My cell phone goes off. <laughs> it's probably Jerry Kramer. It's, it's, it's probably, Terrell Owens. <laughs> as I say, it might be Terrell Owens calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and this is the honest got truth. At least three of them said, "So you're here for Jerry Kramer?" I said, "Yeah, my brother was a big fan." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And each one of them said, "It's really a shame he hadn't been inducted before." Right. So it's not a Wisconsin thing. I, I think this is yeah. a, a feeling that was kind of held by people all across the country. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. So, well, was there a speech that really uh, blew you away besides Dawkins or anything else? I think Dawkins was probably the one that I was most impressed with. Again, the fact of how transparent he was, the fact that he didn't look like he was using notes and just kind of got up there and spoke from the heart. So uh, that would probably be the one that I would be most impressed with. You know, the other guy that impressed me was Earl Lacker. You know, he did a nice job. He, he did. Yeah. And Earl Acker came across to me as like the ultimate team player. Mm-hmm. He went out of his way 
to compliment his teammates yeah. and saying, hey, it was all about helping them and help putting them in, in a positive light. And yeah. If you Even if you're a Packer fan, you had to say, hey, yeah. <laughs> that's a guy I, I wouldn't mind having on my team. You know? Well, you know, another interesting thing, Gary, too, is when you sit at home and you watch it on TV, they do a pretty good job of when somebody's speaking and they talk about somebody, the cameras do pan out into the audience. And they know where a lot of these guys are like, Jim Harbaugh, or, uh, Harbaugh was there for Ray Lewis, but it, it's interesting if you think about some of these players, how many of them had a lot of their teammates. There were a lot of Urlacher's teammates that were there. A lot, I yes, think there were a lot very of much so. Yes, teammates that were there too. That is so true. So how many of Randy Moss's teammates were there? I don't think you saw too yeah, many. You, you know who was there though? Bill Belichick. Right. right and, exactly. and it was funny because yeah. we were talking about Jerry Jones being booed. When they, when they showed Belichick, the crowd would start booing. Yeah. You know? I right. mean, <laughs> and it was unfortunate because Moss was giving his speech. They showed Belichick on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Fans react, start booing, and Moss just kept talking and talking <laughs> like nothing was happening, you right. know? They, they showed Belichick, and he, he was laughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, I'm he sure knew. he expects that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Hey, uh, another topic I just wanted to touch on a little bit was Jerry Kramer is the latest Packer to have been inducted, obviously. Who's up next? Got any uh, guys that stand out? I got about three or four guys that I... Good, I, I got would... about three or four, too. All right, fire away. Okay, I think potential... The two that I'll mention first off kind of split their time in Green Bay and other cities, so it's hard to say whether or not they would go in as Packers. But the first one would be Charles Woodson, possibility, and Mike Holmgren. Holmgren obviously had a good portion of his career with the Seahawks. The other two that I would mention would probably be Leroy Butler. And maybe my surprise, um, because I think it's going to be difficult for him to get in. But if you look at his numbers in the short time that he was in Green Bay, Sterling Sharp would be the other guy. Interesting. You, you, you nailed two guys that I had on my list. Uh, okay. Woodson, obviously. I mean, you, you don't go in it with a team anyways, so yeah. he's going to be a Packer slash Raider, Raider slash Packer. Yeah, he'll be a Raider slash Packer. Um, I think he played 11 seasons, if I'm not mistaken, with Oakland, seven with the Packers. Yeah. To me, I mean, he's a slam dunk. I mean, four times yeah. all pro, uh, four-time Pro Bowl or more. Right. And I totally agree with you on Sterling Sharp. I'm telling you, his brother is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Shannon, and I have no doubt that Sterling was better than Shannon. I mean, I saw both those guys their whole careers, and and Shannon was obviously was great, put up big numbers, blah blah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Sterling Sharp could play. For what? What did he have? Seven years, I think maybe. Yeah, I'm I not sure, he, but I think he averaged almost ten touchdowns a season, and I think he he probably had at least three seasons, maybe two or three seasons where he had 100 catches or more. Um, I just think if he would have been able to play another five seasons, mm-hmm. he'd be a slam dunk. Get this. He was an all-pro three times. Three times. Nobody thinks of that. Yeah. Three times. And Pro Bowl, what, five times? Pro Bowl five times. Yeah. Those are definitely Hall of Fame right. credentials. But the more I look at it, the more I'm absolutely convinced he's going to go in. Yeah, it's just a question of when. Yeah. is Leroy Butler. Okay. I mean, it's unbelievable. Did you know that for the all-decade team for the 90s, there are only two players that aren't in the Hall of Fame? Butler and... Steve Atwater. Oh, okay. really? 
Okay. And you look at what Leroy has done, it's amazing. Okay, we talked about Dawkins, you know, just going into the Hall of Fame last yeah. week. Dawkins had 37 interceptions in his career, okay? Leroy Butler? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. 43. Close, 38. Okay. So he had more, more interceptions than Dawkins, okay? Yeah. Dawkins had five more sacks. Okay. Uh, he had 26, and Butler had 21. So to me, <laughs> it's a push between those two. Right. I mean, if you put in Dawkins, yeah. I don't know how you can't put Leroy Butler in there. Was this the first year that Butler was on the ballot? No, a couple years. A couple now. years, yeah. okay. So in your opinion, what's, what's preventing him from getting in? Is it just other players that maybe have more storied uh, careers that are getting in before him at a similar position? Or what do you think is the Yeah, I, I have no idea. And I pray for his sake that he's not going to be the next Jerry Kramer, that he just gets Good point. pushed back every year and year and people forget about it. But yeah. like I said, okay, you know, and, and we were talking about Atwater, uh, you know, being the other guy that's on it. Yeah. Butler's stats are incredibly better than Atwater's, okay? Yeah. Again, he had 38 interceptions. Atwater had 24. Mm -hmm. So 14 more right off the bat. Yeah. He had 21 sacks, Atwater five. Wow. So, I mean, if it comes down to one of those two guys yeah. going to the Hall of Fame, it's a no-brainer. Right. You, know? you said, you, was was there anybody else that you had then? Or? I did. I, I got two other guys. And okay. one guy that I really... Chester Markle? <laughs> no. Hell of a kicker, though. Yeah. I'll tell you what. He was pretty darn good. Gail Gillingham. And you know what? Oh, wow. Gail Gillingham... There is a name from the past. ...probably isn't going to get in, which would be really a shame because I saw Kramer in his prime. God, I'm dating myself here. Yeah. I saw Gillingham in his prime. There isn't any doubt Gail Gillingham was a better guard. In really? my mind. Yeah, he was that wow. good. But then if you talk to... People in Green Bay, former players, longtime fans, the vast majority will agree. Gail Gillingham was really, really good. And I'm just trying to see if I can find his stats real quickly here. But he, he was, like I said, one of the best offense linemen. But, of course, you know, he played on, you know, average teams and yeah. didn't get the recognition. But Right. Um, Let me guess who your other guy is. Your other guy, somebody from back in the Lombardi era? More current. <laughs> it's real current. Actually, there's two guys, but they're still playing. So, oh, okay. you know, obviously one's Rogers, right? Oh, I mean, okay. He's a slam dunk. Richard Rogers? <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> okay, your turn. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other guy, I think that has a chance. He's going to have to pick it up the, the last couple or the next couple of years, and that's Clay Matthews. Okay. I mean, uh, Clay Matthews, believe it or not, has been to the Pro Bowl six times. That's crazy. Think of this. Six times, okay? Yeah. Leroy Butler, four times. Sterling Sharp, five times. Gail Gillingham, five times. Charles Goodson, four times in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But six times. Yeah. So he, he's on the precipice of yeah. possibly getting in. I, I think he needs, you know, his problem is from an all-pro standpoint, He's only all pro one time. Right. So that, you know, he, something's got to change. He's got to have a monster year. But if you're looking at pro bowls, he's right there. Yeah. So. Going back to um, my comment about Holmgren, what, what was your thought on Mike Holmgren? Borderline. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
as the uh, great Ron Wolf said, one Super Bowl, we were a fart in the wind. Mm. <laughs> he did have 160 wins. Yeah, which puts him in the top 20 for coaches. Yeah. So no, he's got he's, he's got in a the shot. No, no question about it. Yeah. yeah. That was another thing about my tour of the Hall of Fame on Sunday. I ran into a guy who was collecting autographs. And we were talking about Packers. He just wanted to rip Holmgren, really? saying that Holmgren wouldn't sign for him. <laughs> that he just kind of blew him away. And I was like, that's too bad. You know, because yeah. uh, I, I think generally he's a pretty good guy. But right. uh, he, he caught him at a bad time. So He seems to be pretty well respected. So I guess that's what leads me to think that the, there might be a good chance that he'll get in. Yeah. So you figure out it, it's going to be Woodson will be the next guy. That's slam dunk. Yeah. I think Butler should be in. And then Sharp, I don't think he's going to get in. But again, man, he, he put up good numbers. And yeah. it just tells you how difficult it is to get into the pro football. Well, you know what, Gary, if you think about it, too, would you rather have somebody like Sterling Sharp that had, let's say he had seven, eight seasons with the kind of numbers he had, or somebody that played good twice, point. twice as long who just maybe had, let's say, 60 catches a year and maybe had... Uh, four or five or six touchdowns a year and barely got a hundred. But are we looking at longevity or are we look at, looking at quality quality of time on the field? Yeah, no, your point's valid, so, and I, I agree with you. But I think what's going to make it even more difficult now is because we're in a pass happy era. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of receivers coming yeah. up in the next you know ten years. Right, and Sterling Sharp's going to be pushed to the back. But. And the quarterbacks too. Uh, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks that have astronomical yardage and touchdowns. And is Matthew Stafford? He'll a be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I think he will be. Yeah, I mean he hasn't won anything. Exactly. But I but think he will. He's put together some big numbers. His numbers are incredible. You know, that's another thing too. That walking through the uh, museum, they had an area with modern day players, and they had Rodgers in a case with a bunch of other people, right? His jersey yeah. and stuff. They had a separate one for Stafford. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so I'm not sure, you know, how, how that came about. But That's uh, interesting. The other thing, two other things about the uh, Hall of Fame real quickly. They have one of the most incredible football card collections I have ever, ever seen. Oh, I would imagine. It's unbelievable. They have cards going back to the 1800s. Really? Yeah. And uh, they got the famous uh, Joe Namath card from, I think it was 65 and the the famous uh, Johnny Unitas card from 57. And if you're into uh, card collecting, you, you can spend a lot of time. That's the place to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Did you buy any souvenirs? I bought my brother a Kramer jersey for a present. Nice. Yeah, so. What a good brother And you, you know are. what? He was so pumped up, he was wearing it all day, you know? Really? <laughs> like, yeah, he's probably still wearing what it. A great, yeah. That's a great gift. Yeah, well, he, just, he deserves it. Great brother, too. That's so. good. That's the least I could do. So, yeah. well, I'll tell you what. We uh, spent a few minutes talking about the Hall of Fame again. If if you've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I highly recommend it. I, I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame, and even the Bowling Hall of Fame. And <laughs> by the way, at the Bowling Hall of Fame, you know who I ran into, Mister Baseball? Uh, you ran into Bob Uecker. Close. 
Pete Rose, really? of all people. Yeah, the bowling I, hall I, of fame. Yeah, this is years ago. Was he checking in, in, to see what the eligibility, uh, eligibility yeah. possibilities were? Yeah, and like I did a double take. I almost ran right into him. I go, "What is Pete Rose doing here?" You know, yeah, at the baseball hall of fame. He but was anyway, signing autographs. But anyways, yeah. So it was the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is outstanding, and if you can, uh, you know, squeeze in the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Right. All the better. I mean, cool. it, it was just a wonderful weekend, and I, I plan on going back again one more time and and spending more time in the museum. I mean, the interactive games they have. Yeah. The movies are oh, Jerry, you would love the movies. Oh, the I bet. Movies on every player imaginable, That's and great. every inductee. So. Yeah. Very um, cool. So yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. I did have a good time. Yeah. So. Nice. And uh, I think that's a wrap. Thanks, Jerry, as usual. You're very welcome, Jerry. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a good time. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and Woofle'sPressBox.com.